0: Blog Talk Radio. Time to get in the game.
1: And hello once again. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and it's another week of American Tennis. Every Wednesday at noon on We Coach Tennis. And folks, you can get all my programs, all the back programs, at chuckcreasy.net, dot net. if you want to go back and listen to some of the programs. That we have had here on We Coach Tennis Network, and uh... we wanted to thank uh, Coach Jason haynes always for starting the U R Tennis Network, uh, the letter U, the letter R, the number ten, and the letter S Network. Um, UR, U R Tennis Network dot com. You can go there and get the programs immediately as well. Every Wednesday at noon, though, we come to you now. On Tuesdays at noon, Lisa Stone has her Parenting Aces program, and then, of course, 5.30 on Thursday afternoons, John Denise has his Florida Connection program, and thank you guys for what you do, and J.P. Weber for what you do, and um, WeCoachTennis.com, that website, that Facebook, and, and boy, there's... Lots of great reading, lots of great videos and things. Go there, folks, if you want to get a wealth of information as well. But every week I am here to talk to you about different subjects, different topics, and we have some great guests. Thank you, Coach. Chip Keller uh, last week, and he spoke to the parents and young athletes out there um, about the great sport of swimming and the reason I brought it up and brought Uh, him on the program was to give some insights into individual sports and the dedication that it takes to do these other sports. I just admire the swimmers so so very much and I'm I'm blessed beyond belief to have uh, a young family at this stage in life and uh, to be going through the parenting and the parent coaching and watch them come along in athletics and I my daughter of course who's the swimmer uh oh my gosh I just have so much respect for the kids that get up every morning at 5:30 and they go to swimming four days a week and I was telling somebody a week or so ago I was saying you know the thing is by the time she gets out of high school she will have had over 2,000 reps at getting up early in the morning and uh um I went to <laughs> this weekend to uh the Hall of Fame at, at Clemson University, Coach Andy Johnston uh was inducted. Kent Kinnear, thank Kent Kinnear in tennis, uh USTA coach and um a great human being and a great player at Clemson. Uh he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. But I the reason I brought that up was Coach Andy Johnston used to say that if you wanna Move up in the world, you have to get up in the morning, and uh, that's why I love so much. I love the sport of swimming, and see my daughter get up and go to swim practice every morning. I, it's just inspiring. I know that she's going to be good at what she does, whatever she picks, picks up later. And and uh, you know, I've never, and this is true, I've never known a person. Have you that? that is successful that doesn't get up early in the morning. It's just a a trait that successful people have. And uh, so we talk about different sports. We have um, great uh, people on the, the program and great mentors to look up to and, and people who are successful in our sport of tennis. But our mission here on American Tennis always is to Say it straight, say it the way it is Stand up, speak out, say those things that need to be said And um, gosh, I I talked to a friend today I said, uh, try to deliver messages without delivering blows if you can But we've got to deliver the messages straight And folks, I think the days of political correctness are about done I think people, it's run its course I'm sure hope so I know that it doesn't get much done If you just are politically correct all the time You have to be able to address issues When people are doing crummy work you got to be able to tell them Look, this is below the standard that we look at um, And what you're capable of And uh, when people do well We've got to be able to reward them But we treat everybody like hothouse flowers Now, where I'm going with this is Our topic today that we're talking about in our instructional series that we've continued we've continued is uh, basically about the importance of having foresight to do it right and do it right now. I I have, I said having the foresight to have insight, but that in in doing in in saying what I'm saying, I have another friend that says, you know, you just do what's right. You do it the right way, and you do it right now, and you're you're okay with that. But but what brought this all up, and why I started thinking about the program today, and what I should address, is all of the stuff on millennials that they've been bringing up on the internet. <laughs> I've got to admit it's really funny. I mean, about the participation trophies, and and uh, you know that's one that says. <laughs> you know uh officials quell riots in our uh, or quiet unrest in these towns by passing out uh participation trophies to the millennials and we we've talked about this a lot but but basically the millennials have been pointed out in the last week or 10 days uh, a lot on the internet and everything and the the, the crybaby attitude about the millennials and how they have never have to fail and uh, how they haven't learned how to fail has been brought to the forefront. I'm not even going to talk about the election stuff. I mean, that's it's in a political show. But I do want to talk about the millennials and stuff that um, what what happens and what has happened. and. My son's in wrestling right now. Baseball, I talk about baseball, but wrestling is a great, great sport, and I have a wrestling article to uh, give you 10 points, and this guy writes this article. He's a wrestler. He's a collegiate wrestler, and the name of the article is If I Could Do It All Over Again. If I Could Do It All Over Again. And there are 10 or 12, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, now about fourteen great, great points about what he thinks back on now that his career is over and those things he would like to do all over again. And I uh you know, when I'm talking to the team, I talked to my team yesterday at great length and I I said, Guys, guys, right now we we, we first of all we had a wonderful Friend, uh, a wonderful person here at the Citadel, Mr. Mike Groshan, passed away this week. He's 63 years old, and we would see Mike. Mike contributed as much to uh, where I work right now as any person I could ever think of behind the scenes. They're going to need three or four people to replace him. But with his passing, I, I talked to the guys in a straightforward way, and I just said, guys, you you do not see what is in front of you. And, and the, the tragedy is that you don't understand immediately the difference between doing the right thing and the wrong thing. The consequences of doing the right things and, and working hard are going to pay off forever. The consequences of doing the wrong things, you get pleasure now and a lot of pain during your life. But the point is, I gave him this quote, It Oh, gosh, folks, I, I guess it was Longfellow or Wordsworth or one of those poets. If you all remember from your high school days, but, but the teacher used to say, uh, I think it was, of all the verse of quill and pen, the saddest of these is what might have been. Well, I tell the guys, you know, the greatest sorrow, and this is the way I put it in coaching terms, the greatest sorrow is to remember when and have regret of what might have been. So with with that it you know that we can come up with these loaded language we can come up with the things that we want to tell our players but really unless it's connected with a emotional event it usually does not resonate. I was telling some uh, one the other day we actually had a meeting with our school psychologist about the coaching of millennials and how They, a lot of times, just think life's going to unfold in front of them, but I um, talked to him afterwards, and I said, you know, when I first started coaching, you could say, look, I want you to go do that. I want you to go run three miles. Okay, understood. They go do it. Then it was, I want you to run three miles, and the next 10 years was, well, what does this have to do? What are we trying to do? And I'd explain, look, we're trying to build your aerobic base and and change it into an anaerobic base changing it in its speed and agility, but we're building this pyramid. Now you tell them what to do, you explain it to them, but also for them to understand the significance of it, most of the time it has to be tied to an emotional experience, something where they lose a match, they realize running is really important only after they lose a match and go down in cramps or something, and it's a match they really wanted. Or it has to be tied with an emotional, you know, an emotional experience. So with that, yeah, it's it's really changed. It's really changed. But people are the same. It's just that the training has been so different in the homes, uh, the spoiling of our children, the helicopter parents. Uh, running interference for our children when they don't get their way, giving them participation trophies, worrying about how they feel instead of actually letting them grow from the hardship of and the pain of losing is incredibly important for them to uh, for them to grow as human beings and to grow as competitors and to learning how to honor the sport. And and this is a big one, working for mastery, not working for success, working for mastery. I tell kids all the time, I want you to look at the learning that takes place on a tennis court as if you were a person in medical school and you're going to be working on brains or someone's heart or helping a uh, newborn infant live one day. And, oh, you guys, you better get this right. So you've got to work for mastery. It's not just working for the greater or for success. And think of how much better off we would be in tennis if players actually honored the sport, work for mastery and not just success. The success comes if mastery is achieved. But if you're successful, you may not be masterful. And, and, you know, look, I always say there's probably many players who, who obtain a top 100 ranking in the world. <clears throat> they play tennis, but they're not actual tennis players. They're working for success and not for mastery. So we're going to cover today on our show, if I could do it all over again, you know what, and, and I'm going to leave you with this, this uh, before I go to commercial break. I'm going to talk to you very quickly about, and this is a very important misstatement, the tragedy of doing the right thing is that you never see the consequences had you not done the right thing. In other words, it's like not driving drunk that night. You never know that it saved your life. All that running and training, you never know that you wouldn't have won that match because you would have cramped in the meantime. And and that's the two the, the very, very um what do I want to say? I guess it's the separating factor. I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but it really does separate those people who are going to go forward by doing the right things. And um you you see the consequences later and with consequence blockers that we have whether it's excuse making or parents who are helicopter parents and protect their children too much or if we we give kids participation trophy they never see the consequences of bad behavior and and our bad training our bad tennis are not working on backhand or forehand or cramp and they never know that they sh- we're, we're going to cramp when we abbreviate matches so that, that it's not taxing physically so the the, but the problem again is that doing the right thing uh, i mean i can tell my daughter till i'm blue in the face you're getting up every morning at five thirty and going swimming or my son doing this extra running extra laps Hey, doing the wrestling to become a better athlete is going to help your baseball, which he's really of. I can tell him that till I'm blue in the face, but the tragedy is you never know really until you look back how important something was. So what do we do? We need the mentors. We talked about the three-tier mentoring program two weeks ago, and folks go back to that program of two weeks ago of the of, – um, november 2nd and we need mentors we need the right influences around us but more than anything folks if you're a leader out there if you're a coach don't give people things they don't deserve you cripple them you cripple them well if i could do it all over again if i could do it all over again we're going to be right back in a second this is coach chuck creasy and it's american tennis
0: Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach
1: Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena, from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis. And over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at chuckcreasy.net. That's chuckcreasy.net. We're making them in America, and folks, I think that uh, we're going to get closer uh, to going back. Now, I think with the political situation, to where, dag on it, you work hard for stuff, you earn it. If you don't work hard, you don't get it. And I think it's going to be a. And I don't want to talk politics. I know for a fact you you probably know where I stand on, uh, you know, and my beliefs and everything. And I'm glad to be able to. Uh, be able to share them, and one day my children will get to listen to all my shows, and they'll know what their dad stood for and stood up for as well. And again, you love everyone. You love everyone. You you take care of everyone you can. You share. You think of others first. You use your heart with others, your head with yourself. But tolerance is not a virtue. Remember this: tolerance is not a virtue. Love is a virtue that we love everybody we don't have to tolerate you know uh subpar behavior in 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 things that are not the behavior we do not have to tolerate we don't have to bring it into our homes we don't have to share it with our teams we don't have to share it with our students and it's not that we are critical of people. no one is completely perfect and each and every one of us is so imperfect and and thank goodness that we have forgiveness for the bad things that we do if we ask for it, and thank goodness that we have tolerance of our actions. But we don't, we do, and, and as human beings, our frail frailties. But just remember that everybody talks tolerance is tolerance. Well, you know what? It's uh, if it's less than the behavior you're looking for, especially in coaching. You're not, you're not going to end up training top people and helping people become all they can become. We need a standard, and we need the bar set high. We need to set the bar high and give people, and youngsters especially, great things to go after. And if they don't get it, they're going to learn so much through the process, so much through the process. Well, this wrestler, this is a great article. I'm trying to find out what his name is, but what a great article. We've got it off the internet, and so he says, if I could do it all over again, I would take advantage of every practice. I'd push myself to the limit, and then even further every day, and don't we wish. And, and, you know, um, last week we had a reunion uh, at Clemson where I used to coach, and we had probably 30-some players back to give honor to Kent Kinnear and Coach Andy Johnston and uh, one of Coach Johnston's former players Kathy Hofer was back was a great champion and and um, anyhow I told a group of uh, four or five guys that I've never had anyone come back later and complain that we worked too hard now, we worked hard believe me we worked hard we never got beat I always said we will be the Most fit team in America because we can control our fitness. Hey, yesterday with my team here, eight 400s, 75 to 80 seconds, 2 minutes rest interval, and the guys clipped them pretty good. By Christmas, we're going to be able to do 12. And you know what? We weren't close to that six weeks ago. But association breeds assimilation couple guys started getting it then three or four more got it and then a couple more and now we have the whole team clipping it they look like racehorses when they're running that track it's beautiful i get a coaching buzz every time we train but if you can do it all over again once you train harder once you try harder once you do those things that were what everything the coach asks of you and then some and i've never had anybody come back and say look uh we work too hard, but 100% of the time, and you're the same. You will complain if some coach, some mentor, some parent, some leader did not try to get everything out of you. They did. If you were, if you didn't work hard enough, every one of you out there are blaming the coaches right now. Coach should have pushed me harder. Coach didn't see this that I had. But uh, we just got to remember when the, when you've got a tough taskmaster coach. You praise him and thank him. And I'm happy every day when the coaches are tough on my kids because I know they're trying to bring everything out. They're not trying to put anything into them. They're trying to bring out what the good Lord put in them already. So if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't worry so much about winning. I'd worry more about it in the the things about the way I compete and then I let t- winning take care of itself. Yeah, I, I I tell players that work for mastery, not for success. Now, it's easier said than done. We judge everybody on uh, success and how good they are if they're winning. But I'll tell you, I'll walk out on a ball game, and I've done it recently if the players are hot-dogging it and they're not showing honor and respect for the game. I won't watch a tennis match for – Five points you know when a, when a player does not honor the game when they feel like it's the Bill show or the the Kenny show or the Steve show or the Chuck show or no you honor the game, it honors you. but one thing I'm talking a lot about lately folks is I'm asking kids to work for mastery, not success success. So if you had to do it all over again, once you work for mastery. Number three, if I could do it all over again, I would refuse to feel sorry for myself whenever I experience failure or defeat. Instead, I would use it as motivation to move forward, work harder, and gain the perspective of where I'm at. I would always remind myself that the failure is something not to be feared, but something that I've got to learn from. Look, it's not natural to be... Four or five weeks ago, I had a program that... Being tough is not a natural ability. You have to learn how to be tough. Look, whether it's my son, my wife, we talk about my son, my daughter, and we'll have these discussions about what you do when things go bad. And the first thing that you want to do when things go bad, and I always use the analogy that king wimp jumps on your shoulder and whispers in your ear, And says look it's too hot today It's too hard today The opponent's too good today And you feel like giving up Well everybody feels that way at first Nobody is born tough Some learn how to get tough And I I know that situations can make people tougher Than some other situations But it's not natural It's not natural Losing is very, very important for the learning. And uh, again, again, if you honor the competition, you gain perspective. And, and losing hurts. Look, it's losing is supposed to hurt. I, I don't know if I've met anyone in my life that hates losing as much as I do. I absolutely hate it. It, I, I'm like, uh, for a day and a half. Still at this stage in life, folks. Losing hurts so bad, and I don't know. It's just something I've never been able to shake. But the the point is, is I have learned to recognize is that learning teaches you. I make my, uh, or I have, I make, yeah, I do make my players carry around a journal in their bag, and I have them write in it after they lose, and it helps quell the pain of losing turn bad pain into good pain, and then I always encourage them that they ought to go out and train after they lose to sort of get get it out of them, and, uh, you know, it's not a natural thing to do. You have to learn. If I could do it all over again, I would pursue and talk to the veterans of my sport. I'd listen to them, learn from them, take all advantage, full advantage of their knowledge and experience. And a lot of times what we do is uh, when we're coming up, we're afraid to ask questions because we're afraid people might think that we're not so smart or we're not as good enough or whatever. But I've said it so often on this program is that the most important quality of a championship athlete, according to Coach Clarence Mabry's words in 1980, the hunger of an inquisitive mind. The kind of mind that asks questions Why, how, what do I do But if I had to do all over again I'd pursue the veterans of the sport And also ask them to mentor me The mentoring program Again, go back to November 2nd And listen to the mentoring uh, program That we had on the radio show Go to chuckcreese.net K-R-I-E-S-E And listen to the mentoring program Three-tier mentoring programs work. They save you time. They save us time, and they, they, they sure do work, though. But when we uh, save time, if we ask good questions of people have already been there, all of you out there, again, the three-tier mentoring programs work better than two-tier mentoring programs. Three-tier mentorings, everybody should get a teacher, everybody should get a student. The most important most important level is the peer group level where you give a friend permission to hold you accountable to a higher standard. So everyone has a Paul who teaches you. Everybody has a Timothy that you teach. Then the Barnabas is the best buddy, the best friend that you ask to hold you accountable to a higher standard. So if I had it, All to do over again If I could do it all over again I wouldn't dread Encounters with the tough opponents I would desire them To play their best And in doing so Bring out the best in me Now this is something that's interesting I have told Kids for years And this is the hardest thing Whether you say You know I tell them You got to give it up and then go get it But before you play, I say, in your mind, you have to absolutely want and desire the opponent to play their best. And then I ask my students the question, does this make them play their best because you are desiring them to? If you desire them to play well, does that make them play well? You don't have anything to do with that. What happens, it makes you play well. Think of how we go into a competition. We're looking for an easy job, and then when we get a tough job, we buckle. And all of the bad stuff shows up. If we want a tough job, well, if we get a tough job, we're ready for it. If we get an easy job, that's a nice day off, just about. It's really a good day, but absolutely want tough opponents look especially it look in practice every day the thoughts should be on your side of the court to play your own side of the court where you're trying to perfect what you do so you should want to be challenged to the hilt you should want your coach to push you hard you should want the opponent to push you hard your teammates to push you hard and then on game day the trick the trap is to want an easy match and then when you get a hard one especially The trap is if you win like 0-0 or 1-1 earlier round, then the next match it's uh, Katie bar the door. You better suit it up because it's going to be a hard one. But if you want a tough one, sometimes you get an easy one. Don't fall in that trap of wanting things to be easy. So the next one, if I could do it all over again, I would fight through pain and fatigue when my body yearns and cries out to shut down for the greatest sorrow, and he this young this man talks about the sorrow in losing a wrestling match might just be giving up rather than merely losing. If I'm going down, I want to go down swinging. My son's in wrestling, what I love is that what think about what happens if you give up at all if you mentally give up physically give up emotionally give up you get pinned There's, you're out of there you get pinned how humiliating what a great sport wrestling is where you get pinned and you just have to deal with it did was it that I couldn't do I wouldn't do or I only did that's a tony Dungy book he said people fail because they can't do, won't do, or only do. And and you have to come to grips with that then. It's the reality that, you know, I maybe you couldn't do. Maybe the other person just better. Okay, okay. All right, that happens. Won't do or only do is where we usually fail. But the point is is uh you know the we we have to have to look at it like to go past what we think we can. And this is why I have a running time that all my athletes have to make. Because at first they say, oh, wow, wow, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. But when they come through, they knock the barrier down. It's beautiful when they knock it down and they never look back. But really, uh, if you could do it all over again, you fight through the pain and fatigue and – and uh kids have to learn this when they're young. And again, it's learned. It's not something you do automatically. If I could do it all over again, I would avoid thinking about any they say wrestling tennis what as uh, something to extract my own glory or self-worth. Instead, of looking at it that it is just a gift to compete. To compete. A couple weeks ago I ran into uh Tim Wilkison, who's in his 50s already, I can't believe it. And Tim, I, I, I brought up to him that I can remember him training at Clemson in his early days of professional career, and he was dating his wife there, who actually I think was a cheerleader at Clemson. And uh, he would come out and train, and I remember him standing at the net, and he said, I hate losing more than anything else in the world. But more than hating losing, I hate not to play. And I hate not to compete. It is the competition. It is the competition. that, that uh, And what happens if you do it right, you'll honor the game. It's, it, it isn't about you. It, it's, it, again, it's not your show that day. You honor the game, it honors you. If I had it all to do over again, I could do it all over again I would always re, re, uh, Resort to humility As opposed to arrogance There's a difference between confidence And arrogance And one's ego should never take precedent I was telling my son he's, he, In baseball He was asking uh, Papa, Papa These kids who are cocky Sometimes they do but, I said son Look cockiness is i believe in myself i don't think you're any good i'm i'm good you're not i should you can't i will you can't okay confidence is i should you could confidence is belief in yourself respect for the opponent the best way to go always is to honor the game and to respect the opponent i should you could a quick little thing to think about, there's different ways approaching competition with you and your opponent. But there's on the top arrogance chart, it's I'm going to, you can't. Then it's I should, you could. That's allowing yourself vulnerability, allowing yourself respecting the game first is critical. I should, you could. If you go I could, you should. You're playing as the underdog most of the time, you're going to lose. You'll lose as the underdog. If you go to I can't, you will. The bottom end of that deal uh nah, nah. Don't don't take the court if you're going out there to just take a whipping. And uh you've got to figure that that you've got to be in the ball game and as much as you can, I should, you could. As much as you can, and even if it's hard, even if you're up against a tough, tough opponent, try to get used to seeing the opponent's bad things and your own good things on game day. On practice day, see your bad things on practice day and work on, but on game day, you see your good and the opponent's bad. If I could do it all over again, I would soak in the atmosphere of big events And thank God for the experience of being able to compete on that stage. Again, being comfortable, getting comfortable at being uncomfortable. And I don't know what it is about tennis. I told somebody recently, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of tennis tournaments all around the world. But for you parents, 100% of the time, and you coaches, 100% of the time, and also you kids, 100% of the time, I'm jittery, nervous, and don't feel at ease that first day. By the second day, I'm okay. Third day, better. Fourth day, you're, you're, you're rolling and you feel real good about being there. Now, this is a little bit of a, a, a suggestion that is really a good trick that I've had players use for years and years, that stay at the tournament even after you get beat and hang around with the people who are winning. I always used to tell my players if they go out on the tour in the summer, you stay at the tournament till the quarterfinals. If you lose the first round of the console or the qualifying, you have to go out there for three or four straight days. you go out three or four straight days, you practice and watch the people who are winning. So you hang around with the winners, association breeds assimilation. The worst thing you could ever do is lose and then leave town and travel with the losers. I would tell my players, but, uh, you've got to really just soak in the atmosphere of big tournaments and being there in the later rounds is really important. A lot of the reason the kids don't win tournaments after a while is not that they're not good enough, but they, they haven't been around the later rounds. They don't know what it looks like, feels like. So, so try to do that. If I could do it all over again, I would try to have fun. Life is short. And, uh, is competing though we we uh you you have fun not by blowing off pressure you have fun by competing like crazy turn your dirty work into passion work yesterday i was talking to my team i said you have dirty work passion work free time free time the dirty work you have to do every day of your life if 50 percent of your life is dirty work starting out in college Well, if you can turn 10 or 20% of that into passion work, stuff that you look forward to doing, ultimately you have 20 or 30% dirty work, 50% passion work, 20 or 30% free time. Just something to think about there, folks. If I could do it all over again, I would put on my wrestling shoes and tie them a little slower. I would cherish the moments that I have before and looking, I would honor the sport at a much higher level. I would embrace the sport. If I could do it all over again, I would dream a little bigger. I would go after things that seemed impossible. I'd pursue them, and I would believe that impossible is a foreign concept. I'd have to think it first, and then it can become a reality. Why do we shortchange ourselves and think too little? I I have the guys try to have a statement, then a vision, then a mission. Biggest thing I tell them is have the behavior ahead of time that you want to have. You can behave like a professional right now. Then you weather the ups and the downs in a different way. Again, you can go to school every day of your life and never be a student. You can play tennis every day of your life, never be a tennis player. You can play the piano every day of your life and never be a musician. In your mind, you have to make that transition from something that is just an activity to something that's really something passionate for you. The truth is, he says, I can't do it all over again. The time is gone and the regrets are plenty. But perhaps my regrets will lose their sting. I encourage current athletes to learn from my mistakes and take advantage of the time you have. If I could do all all over again, I would. And in a heartbeat, I would do it all over again. He says, don't let my regrets be yours. This sport and sports, tennis, wrestling he's talking about, sports, wrestling, baseball, any of these sports, passion, anything you have passion to do, put your whole heart and soul into it. It's not about just enjoying things that are short-term, it's enjoying the pain, it's, it's understanding it at a deeper level. Then the real joy comes. He quotes the famous Dan Gable, he says, the famous, well, greatest wrestler maybe in the history of the United States, says, once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easy. So with our children and with tennis, and with going after things, and again, again, you high school coaches out there, you, those of you who are coaching at a, at a different levels, don't look, go after this and make it a real sport again. Then all the lessons are learned. Nothing's learned by making it an after school activity, where where the kids really don't. There's no consequences for winning or losing. It's important that they learn how to put their heart on, on the line. Putting your heart on the line time after time, sometimes it brings pain. Sometimes it brings great gain. But in the end, it, it, it's, it's, it's what, we, what we have right now is a teaching tool for our kids. There's nothing that has immediate consequences and the, re, the immediate reward and failure that athletics do. But we've got to make them. Tough activities, and we've got to make them things of the heart and passionate endeavors, not just something that the body does. Folks, I'll be again here again next week at noon. Opinion stated by Various Tennis. reminding you that you're in the process of winning or losing every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or a loss. We'll see you next week on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the U.R. Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the U.R. Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.